Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 363, a unique Alaskan swamp turkey. And I am your co-host, and the guy who saw not one, but two solid white hen turkeys this week and that's awesome i am your co-host and the guy who finally gets to break out his shotgun this weekend yeah you're pretty fired up about that so is the crossbow going up for good yes uh the crossbow is going up. Uh, the crossbow already went up i went and got a compound bow for my brother to use because i gave up on me ever hitting anything with a crossbow and so and you, you think know, it's gonna I, I be better with that, a compound huh yeah, I don't even know if that makes sense. But with the compound bow, I have the arrows that give me the capability to shoot for headshots. And I finally made a conscious decision with the crossbow. I can't hit the turkey anyway. If I do ever luck into hitting one, there's no chance I'm hitting him in the vitals because I'm terrible. So I was like, at least with the compound bow and the headshot arrows, I either miss or I kill him dead. 
you know, and most likely would have missed, never had the opportunity. But I just, I finally realized, like, I'm going to do more harm than good shooting with this thing. If I can't hit a turkey at 30 yards at all, there's no way I'm putting one in the small vitals that he has. Yeah. But all of that is irrelevant because starting Saturday, I have 13 days with a shotgun. (laughs) There you go. So I'm, I am so fired up. I cannot wait. I know right where I'm going. I got three different flocks of gobblers to hunt that I've located. And I'm going to hunt one flock that I have not hunted at all yet. So they have not been boogered with at all. The other two are the ones I've missed with my crossbow. So And they're closer to the home. So they're going to be my weekday gobblers. And then these other ones are going to be my weekend gobblers. Very good. Yeah. Glad so you got it all figured out. Well, you know, it makes sense. I'm like, I don't want to hunt like this place. I'm going to hunt Saturday. It's almost an hour from the house. So I'm not going to be able to hunt that during the week, you know. So save my other ones for week days and have them for the weekend. If they walk the logging road they've been walking, it's on. I think all they're right. going to be right there. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm super pumped. The only issue I have and I've read this in Frank Henningkratz's book. Turkeys will get on a loop sometimes of seven days. And I think I've confirmed that that is actually a fact. <laughs> and that because I've put a trail camera out on one spot to monitor it. And every Sunday, I get the same three gobblers every Sunday. And it's only on Sundays. And you never know what time on Sunday. Hmm. And so. It's been around 4 o'clock the first two weeks, and then it was in the morning, and then this past week it was at 11.45. So if it comes down to it, the last Sunday of fall turkey season, I'm just going to go sit there all day till they come by. <laughs> so it sounds like they've got decent calendars, but not great calendars, because they're not coming by at the same time on the same day, seven days apart. I mean, to be honest, when I read his book, which his book is almost all fall turkey hunting related, I thought, that's weird that he said that. Like, turkeys aren't on a seven-day loop. I'm telling you, these turkeys are on a seven-day loop. Like, it may be a fall thing. Like, maybe they do a week loop, and that just happens to be the amount of time it takes. That way they don't, you know, maybe they're hitting this oak tree on Sunday, and then they're coming back around to it after it drops more acorns the next Sunday. I don't know. But they're definitely on, a like, Sunday. It's the only day I get pictures of these gobblers. (laughs) Maybe they're just headed to Buffalo Wild Wings to do a little pre-gaming for yeah. NFL games. Dude, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. The Titans going into overtime cost me a miss with my bow at them because I got there eight minutes after they walked by, according to the trail camera, and that was solely because the Titans were in overtime. But I'm telling you, I think he was on to something. That guy seemed like he was a woodsman, judging by his book, like no other. And I think he's on to something. Maybe these fall turkeys, they are on a loop sometimes. Obviously not all turkeys, but I think some of them might do what he's saying. These three definitely are. That's cool. Well, man, I wish you a lot of luck. This yeah, weekend. I sure appreciate it. Be maybe I'll a get a Saturday morning. Maybe I'll get a white gobbler. What, where, where are you seeing these albino turkeys? In Puerto Rico. Is it on land that you can hunt? If I plop down the money to buy it. then I can hunt it. Is that potential? There's potential there. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to pull the trigger on that piece of dirt or not. So it would be a pretty decent investment opportunity, which is, you know, 
my look you know i like to hunt just as much as everyone listening to the show but if i can hunt it and then make some money on it even better win-win so you know that's that is a big factor in whether or not i pull the trigger on it so well and when i say pull the trigger i mean whether or not i act on it yeah yeah well were these how close did you get to the white turkeys oh gosh 30 yards and were they like 100 percent white or was it possible they're like royal palms that got loose solid white okay so these are legit albinos yeah let's see i couldn't tell you know i didn't have binoculars so i couldn't see eyeballs and you know get a chance to really watch them that closely but i mean from feathers from head to toe left to right solid white white. yeah i mean i think the the royal palm has black on its wings and tail and stuff you would have seen that yeah i'm not even familiar with all the brands of farm turkeys you know all the different (laughs) breeds of them but uh, i don't really know how i am to be honest (laughs) (laughs) well you know you do kill a lot of turkeys in every year so could have something to do with it i don't know but i saw you sent me a picture and those I mean, I think those are truly albino wild turkeys. That you know, to see born without pigmentation. If if there is no farm birds in their bloodline at all, yeah, to see one in a lifetime is probably pretty amazing. But to see yeah. two together in the same flock, yeah, well, you know, I wonder if they're like. I bet the odds of them being from the same hatch would be pretty high because they would, would be so. same genetics, maybe quite possibly way above my head that's pretty awesome though i mean that and they were hens yeah and both of them big fully grown turkeys solid white yeah and that that is beautiful i mean massive disadvantage for them but no joke really cool that they grew to adult status i mean i don't even i believe every animal has the potential to be solid white albino because that happens in nature so it's sure you know a lot of people are like oh it's farm turkey blood you know but i think there's definitely potential that it could be albinos regardless they hatched and raised in the wild being solid white that's pretty impressive yeah, I mean, <laughs> these were as white as swans i mean they look so out of place yeah. <laughs> that you were like what are those swans doing with wait a minute those aren't swans those are turkeys and yeah, they were nowhere near anyone's farm I mean, this is in the middle of the woods. You know, now look, when I say nowhere near, a mile is no distance at all for a wild turkey to walk. So we know that. But they were a long way from a farm. They were a mm-hmm. mile or more away from any kind of a field. And I don't even know if that field had a barn and chickens and, you know, what I would call a farm. But, yeah, it was it was strange. It was really strange. But once you got past that what in the world is that with this <laughs> flock of turkeys? You're like, holy crap, that's the coolest thing ever. And it, and it kind of just took me by surprise so much. And I was just soaking it in. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then I said, oh, I need to grab the phone and take a picture. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Whereas I guess that should have been my first thought was, oh, let me get the phone and take a picture. It was just kind of like, what is that? Oh, my God, those are white turkeys. And I sat there and I watched them for probably five seconds and i said oh wait a minute i need to get my phone so it was it was really cool this place has a lot of potential as far as turkeys go and of course that's a huge a huge plus 
as far as that piece of dirt goes in my mind. And But lots of turkey tracks. Saw several, and this was not a good sign, but saw several polt tail feathers in one of the food plots. Not mm. extremely fresh, but not real old either. So that didn't make me feel real good. But yeah, lots of lots of turkeys on this piece of property so man yeah that's awesome and and i mean the turkeys are losing a lot of feathers right now so it may not have been a yeah yeah predator attack that's very possible you find a from fall hunting i've noticed feathers are a key right now because they're molting a lot i think and it, it makes it pretty nice that they're leaving that kind of calling card all over the place so hopefully the Pulp feathers weren't from a bobcat snatching one. <laughs> well, and not, I don't know, 30 feet from where these feathers were scattered across this food plot, there's some sort of other bird feathers just in a huge pile. Mm. So, and maybe bobcat missed the turkey. <laughs> maybe missed the turkey maybe and got him a blue jay. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. It's a possibility. Oh, man. So, well, how, how long we got to wait till we can go spring turkey hunt? That's what I'm wondering. I'm looking at 162 days, 9 hours, 47 minutes, and 19 seconds. What about you? I'm looking at 170 days, 9 hours, 15 minutes, and 51 seconds. So we're we're closing in every, every week, getting a little bit closer, and I can't wait. Hopefully, I'll get to start early somewhere else but that's that's when the home ground opens yeah Yeah. so we're gonna go this week and do another live hunt i know we've been you know doing alternating those in and then next week as we've already recorded we have an excellent interview with jim cassida yeah oh my gosh so good i i've ordered so many books from him read about him (laughs) read books from him articles from him he is in my mind the historian of turkey hunting almost not even almost he, he is you know <laughs> he, he holds the history so next week's interview y'all definitely will want to check that out it's it's going to be awesome yeah no doubt so for you guys who don't know jim or know the name i'm going to tell you you probably do know jim you just don't know that you know jim <laughs> and yeah he's the man so next week make sure y'all listen in on that one it's going to be epic but this week, I got an epic hunt for you from my past turkey season. Yes, you do. So I am excited to bring that to the table today. And I know, you know, I've read the reviews on our podcast and it's 90% of people seem to love the hunts. And then every now and then you'll have one that doesn't like the live hunts. And, you know, sorry you don't enjoy them, but a lot of people do. We're going to keep doing live hunts, and we have been doing interviews as well. It's a weekly podcast. You're still getting plenty of content. But this week, I went to a place. So I'll just start kind of with the background. Set the stage for us, Cameron. Yeah. Well, so this was in the middle of turkey season, and I had hit pretty good stride. I was rolling and decided, hey, I really, my, my first two turkeys had been in the hills, up in the ridges, pine kind of forest. And, and I thought, I really, really want to hunt in the swamp for this for my next turkey. So I put on the hip boots, which I just, putting on my hip boots is like comfort for me. I mean, that, that is just like the greatest feeling ever. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. And so I went to a place. I never, I went there once. No? 
Actually, never mind. I had never been there in my entire life, actually, to be completely honest. Never even scouted it. Never hiked through it. Never touched it. Just went. And looked on a map, picked out a spot, went, walked in about a mile, and started listening. And so what it was where I went, it was ridges, and then it drops straight down, and it goes into this huge river bottom. I mean, for thousands of acres, river bottom. And so I dropped down into this river bottom, and, you know, had a turkey gobbled back in the hills, it would have been difficult not to go, but I was confident and hoping one would be in the swamps. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went down there, and I was sitting there listening. And what's nice about, I guess, early season in the swamp is there's so much water and it's so flat the topography is and there's not many leaves on the trees you can hear for a long ways when a turkey gobbles yeah and i really think water helps sound travel really well because i've hunted some places where i could hear a turkey on like the other side of a lake or something from just an unbelievable distance you know Oh, yeah. And you know he's obviously on the other side because he's not standing out in the middle of the lake. And so I went, and nothing right at first light, but then I heard a turkey gobble off to my, I guess it would have been my northwest of where I was. And so he gobbled. Typical fashion for me, I don't wait to see if there's five or ten more turkeys in there because that seldom ever happens for me. And I know kind of the area I was hunting doesn't have an extremely strong turkey population. So I knew when I heard a turkey gobble, you know, go time. I need to be moving. Yeah. And so I hit the road and I'll, when I start the audio, I'm probably just going to start it and let it play because it's, it's 15, 20 minutes and it's gobbling and stuff. There's not really any reason to cut in and all that stuff, but I'll go ahead and kind of tell you what happened. So when I start this audio, I'm going to start it with me walking in a little bit, not too much. I'm not going to make you listen to me walk a half mile (laughs) through the bottoms. Right. But I was easing closer, 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 you know, stop, listen. He would gobble, move a little closer. He'd gobble, move a little closer. And it's, you know, in, in a hardwood swamp, you don't have topography to move behind. And you know, he can see a long ways because this was a very mature stand of hardwoods. So there is no ground cover at all. I mean, it's mud, little sloughs running everywhere that I was crossing. And, you know, you can't get nearly as close to a turkey in that kind of terrain as you can. One that you could get behind a big hill and ease up there and then slip right up top and sit down, you know. So I got in probably, I I would guess I was maybe 200 yards from him. And that's further than I usually like to be. I like to be in tight, but like I said, he didn't start gobbling until it was getting pretty light, so I, I didn't want to risk bumping him. Because another thing I've noticed hunting in areas that don't have many turkeys, you have a lot better odds of there not being hens at play, if that makes sense. Because you don't have as many turkeys, the gobbler may not have hens, and he may not have heard a hen for three days, and so you can get away with setting up further from the turkey. And so I sat down on a humongous cypress tree. And so, I mean, I'm I'm telling you when I say, like, this is the place where I was is the setting for what I imagine. Like, when I breathe my last breath in life and die, I'm all of a sudden just going to be sitting there again. Like, this was heaven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Up against a big cypress tree, 
there's a huge slough that's it's not very deep but it's solid water for 200 yards to my right and it's it's the water's edge is probably 60 yards to my right and it runs towards the turkey and i'm in my mind i'm thinking he's probably roosted over that water and gonna fly down on the land here and so i can i got within shooting distance of the edge of the water so i'm like if he comes down the edge I got him. And so then behind me is a horseshoe of that slough. So I'm kind of on a peninsula of land and there's wood ducks, two, two a mating pair of wood ducks lit in a cypress tree right above me. They squeal at one point during the audio. And then there's these crows that come in and you'll hear them throughout the whole time that just go berserk. And so I'm going to go ahead, hop in here, a little bit of walking. You'll hear me sit down and then start play the game and I'll let it just play all the way through and then I'll come back and brief you on kind of how the the whole deal went down from my eyes and so let's hop in there and, and start this hunt sounds good all right see you guys on the other side
Thank you, Lord. I've ever seen black feathers all right put it on him and as you heard at the end i was like oh my gosh and i even said he's got two solid black feathers on his wings and if you want to see it you can go to my instagram and it's the godfather 49 for those of you who don't know and just scroll back to my season from this past year kind of early on and you'll see a picture of me with a gobbler over my knee in a cypress swamp and you'll see those feathers i'm talking about and they are just nuts solid black wing feathers yeah that's really cool i mean they were just so cool and what a like oh my gosh so he to backtrack on what happened i sit down uh, the first time i called i don't believe he answered me in any capacity and so i'd kind of waited a little while and i started he was gobbling really well at the crows which you could hear. The crows would sound and he would gobble. And so I started calling. I guess first, actually, I called. He actually answered me and I came back hard right on top of him. You know, he answered yeah. me and I answered him right back. Like that really excited me that he answered me. And so from that point on, I did some purrs and clucks and stuff, but it turned into when he would gobble at the crows, I would call to him. So it, I'd flip the script of I'm answering him, not he's answering me. Yeah. And this went on. And then at one point I called, he gobbled, I called, he gobbled, and I called on top of him again. And I could tell, all right, he's got me pinpointed. He's interested. And he had moved closer at that point to probably 120, 130 yards. And I thought, all right, I don't need to call anymore. It's game on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We're, he knows where I am. I know where he is. He can't slip up behind me, thank the Lord, because of the way the water is, unless he walks through the water, which I knew wouldn't happen. And time to lay on some silence, see what happens. So about three minutes of silence, and then he just rattles it right there in front of me. And I didn't see him, and as soon as he gobbled, I cut my eyes, and he had been coming in from the left a little bit, and I saw him immediately. Got my gun in position. 
he walked up 20 yards strutted into 20 yards i mean i could see him from 40 but at this point he's in he's in the wide open hardwoods strutting right amongst the white oaks coming down into this little cypress dome with me and i'm just soaking it in (laughs) yeah and he's drumming and he came out of strut and kind of did that half strut walk with his head up looking for me and that's that's all she wrote squeezed off the trigger and killed him dead as a hammer and went up there and he started flopping i saw that wing and i was just like oh my gosh how cool of a turkey is that and then i look around and and while i'm sitting there with him two wood ducks come in gliding through the trees and land right there in that slough i was just like this this is almost too much like i just can't the setting the turkey everything was just unbelievable it was it's one of my favorite memories turkey hunting i'm one-on-one one-man game with the gobbler fair and square in a hardwood swamp bottom which in my mind is the fairest playing field there is because you can't use topography to kill him and i just i loved it it was it was awesome i'll never forget it yeah you know one of the things that i have just grown to appreciate over the years is Every one of these birds is different, and not just how they act, not how they respond to calls, not how they, any of that, I mean, in their appearance. And, you know, we just got through talking about white turkeys, and we got through talking about now a turkey with two solid black wing feathers on each wing. And, you know, that's one of the things that I really enjoy after a successful hunt now is just really just sitting there and just admiring that bird and, you know, being, of course, thankful for the bird and thankful to God for giving me the opportunity to trick another one. The the breath in your lungs to do it. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe not trick one, but, you know, find one stupid enough for me to be able to... to, (laughs) For creating one. Yeah, bring me one stupid enough. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, I can't remember which state it was, but it was on my trip one of my trips out of state this year, I killed an Eastern and it had the most red iridescence in its feathers of any turkey mm. that I've ever killed. And yeah. I just sat there and I mean, seriously, for 10 minutes, I just sat there and just admired how pretty that turkey was and just, you know, relived the hunt. But I mean, that bird was just gorgeous with all that red in it. And, you know, it's just not something that you would see in the wild, you know, without him being out in the sunshine and, you know, catching the right angle or whatever else. And, you know, I don't know. I just have slowing down, I guess, is where I'm going with all this. Slowing down after the hunt is over, you know, giving respects to the bird, you know, taking time to be thankful to the person that made it all possible and just appreciating that bird you know is is one of the highlights of turkey hunting for me yeah i mean if you slow down and take enough time to examine the turkey in front of you i bet you can find a unique characteristic on that bird that that you haven't seen i did i I, i've never really had done that until the past couple seasons and every one of them i mean maybe he just has a little bit extra white on one bar of one feather of his wing but it's a little wider than everything else. It, it, there's always a unique marking almost on every bird mm-hmm. and it's you know the uniqueness could just be as abnormally long spurs which i'm always grateful for oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> or 
one turkey I killed last year had an abnormally long toenail, you know? <laughs> yeah. You just, you never know what it's going to be, but I, I think that's a great point is just to slow it down and really soak it in for the individual bird that you have. You know, he's not just another one to throw in the pot, you know, although he will taste great, but he's a unique individual. And if you examine him, you'll find a uniqueness about him. Yeah, absolutely. So for yeah. me, it was, that was one of the highlights of my year was that hunt right there. And it wasn't the hardest goblin turkey, wasn't the most, you know, hard fought battle. It honestly went pretty easily. He came right to the call and, but it just was the setting, wood ducks, the, the perfect, I mean, it was so still. And when you're in a hardwood bottom and, and it's no leaves on the trees yet, and it is just dead 100% calm it is like the most silent of all silent on earth <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then all of a sudden that red bird starts in the in the distance and then all of a sudden everything comes to life and then that turkey started gobbling it and it's just it's overwhelming i mean it's just an amazing time that that morning time like that and yeah. that I, I think that hunt was a thursday morning or so and you know i only had an hour to hunt but that was it you know it was awesome yeah That's all i needed and i got to see the the best hour of the day in my opinion yeah and so it was it was awesome uh, as i said like anytime i get to strap on the hip boots i've got another hunt i'll play for y'all at some point another swamp turkey that was awesome and and that one, I'll play that in a couple of weeks, probably. Andy will get a go at a live hunt, and then I'll come back maybe with that one. And that one's going to be cool because I actually had to start gobbling at them, and it, it just got crazy. But <laughs> totally different uh, than the hunt this week that I just shared because I had to throw the kitchen sink out to try to kill those turkeys, and I got them finally. But hope y'all enjoyed it. I truly hope. Everyone who just heard this show gets an opportunity to see what I saw that morning and feel those feelings. It's unlike anything else on earth. Yeah, very so. cool. Well, and I'm I appreciate you sharing the hunt with us. That was that was a good listen right there. Yeah, yeah. Man, I think those crows were going crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were sitting in the tree right at, that I was against, just losing their minds. And I mean, I think they were fully aware of about the gobbler's presence and were heckling him kind of. I mean, yeah, crows will screw with them like that. They, they obviously oh, absolutely will. Don't get along, and and I think he's gobbling, and they were calling, and they were going at it with each other. And you know, he only answered me maybe two, three times, and he answered those crows way more than he answered me. Yeah. So I was thankful for him because it helped me keep tabs on what he was doing. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. Well, I think I've shared this story before, and I'm sure some of you guys listening have seen this, but. You know, I, I, not long after I started turkey hunting, I was sitting in a food plot one afternoon. It was actually a chufa patch. And I was lucky enough because, again, I just started turkey hunting. I was lucky enough to have an experienced hunter invite me to go turkey hunting with him on one of his friend's properties. Mm-hmm. And a piece of property that I knew had a lot of turkeys, well, in an area that I knew had a lot of turkeys in it. And... I sat there that afternoon and watched, had a flock of hens come out in the field and watched crows dive bomb these turkeys in this food plot all afternoon long. And it was interesting, one of the hens, and I'm assuming maybe she's the boss hen, she would break down into full strut and that when the crow would get about 30 feet from her, she'd break mm-hmm. down into full strut 
I, you know, just to make herself bigger and more intimidating, I would assume. <laughs> and then when the ter- when the crow would get about three feet from her, she'd spring out of strut and try to jump up, and, like peck him. <laughs> yeah. What the world? Uh, I had a hoot watching them that afternoon. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But, yeah, the it... crows just absolutely harass the ever loving you know what out of turkeys. Yeah, I don't. I personally don't really get why. I mean, it really doesn't make sense why they would be enemies, but they are. Yeah. So, hey, you know, I don't understand why on a lot of it, but that's definitely one that I don't get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very but, cool, But, yeah, man. so I got, you know, two or three weeks, and I'll be welcoming my first child into this world, so. Yes, sir. Anybody out there uh, wants to be saying some prayers for my family, that would be helpful, because we got a big time coming up here and. uh would sure appreciate it. And hopefully I'll be able to knock down a fall gobbler for the Thanksgiving table before that gets here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you got some sleepless nights ahead of you here before too long. I hope you're able to get a bird for the Thanksgiving table this weekend. I have a feeling you'll get it done. And then it's just going to be a matter of you being a good boy from the time that baby weddington shows up until springtime so that you can collect those yard passes that's right and get out of the house every now and again oh i know all about it but we'll see we'll see how this weekend goes it is going to be beautiful i don't know how it's looking down your way but looks like a cold front coming in 40s saturday morning barometric pressure goes off the charts because it's gonna be right after a storm i I'm just saying, I wouldn't be shocked if I hear a turkey gobble Saturday morning. You might be right. You you very likely could hear one. Yeah, you pin it down. I'll let you know. But I, I think there's a chance, if I'm close enough to the roost, I think they might let out a gobble Saturday morning. And uh, I'll have my audio going. Hopefully, I'll get to be nuts if I could get them gobbling and coming in. But most likely, it'd be more cutting and yelping coming in. But I'll take that, too. It'll be pretty fun. Yeah. So, Good with that man. said... We'll uh, look forward to next week with Jim Cassida and hope you guys enjoyed this hunt. We got Cassida next week, probably do a hunt after that. And then uh, we got some other great guest ideas coming up. If you have a guest you want to hear, let us know. I'm going to make that the favor of the week this week. We want to know who you want to hear as the listeners because we're down. You know, tell us who you want us to get. If it's Donald Trump, you know, we'll we'll send him a request. Don't know that we'll get him, but we'll try. Yeah. <laughs> you just tell us who you're wanting to hear on this show, and we will try our best to get them. That's all we can do. If we can't get them, we, we can't. But we've had really good success in the past with getting guests, and they're usually more than willing. So if you want to hear somebody, let us know, and we'll get them on here. That's the favor of the week. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll wrap it up. We, yeah, let's do it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens 
as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.